Nice. I like the way we're doing it now. We got the intro music. Bill, we can talk over the intro music. Holy shit. Rockin' and roll. That sounds good, man. Here we are. Tribeca, New York City. The new home of Police Off the Cuff. I don't know if you know, obviously you've well, noticed if you just banner. tuned in, but we finally got the banner for all you people that were complaining that we don't have a banner. How, does it look pretty cool, right? They didn't like the brick wall, the naked brick wall. You know? Yeah, well, I don't know. It was, uh, it, the, some people were saying it looked like a dungeon. I get it. Um, the other side of the room is a bookshelf. That would have been pretty cool, but then again, I don't know. This looks too, like acad- too, ac- too academic for what we do here. This looks like the dungeon from Pulp Fiction. Remember when that gimp came out of the suitcase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not, <laughs> not anymore, no. Now they wouldn't yeah. feel comfortable here. You know? Now everybody knows who's, who, who, who we are, whose we are. All right, so welcome to Police Off the Cuff. Uh, like we, we always do, we don't like to keep our guests sitting around. We want to get them right in the mix, so... Without further ado, a living legend of with the NYPD, uh, Bill, my partner, told me that uh, this, uh, you got a couple of medals of valor and stuff like that. No, no, I, I, got, I have one uh, medal for valor. Yeah? Yeah, seven commendations. How many EPDs do you have to give? <laughs> <laughs> you could trade 50 EPDs for one medal of valor. No, it's probably like 500 EPDs. What's up, Vic Hollyfield in the house? What's up, Vic? Not much. How are you? I you appreciate call it coming Field down. You Hollyfield or Hollyfield? Hollyfield. Hollyfield, all right. My, you know my stepbrother, Vanda. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could tell. Yeah. I, I could tell. Yeah. As soon yeah. as I same, saw you. Same family. Yeah. yeah. As, as soon as, as I saw, saw you, I He's got the missing ear. Yeah. That's how I knew it was him. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw you, I knew. <laughs> so when well, EDP... No, no, no. No, no. That's for us. Oh, all right. Okay. Because we got our producer. She's in the corner there, and she's... She's... Scrolling some stuff. There's maybe some possible questions for the future. Right. So uh, that, that we read that. But I I, I, I enjoy. I, I'm um, his enthusiasm. I like your, is, yeah, is I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> That's Pam Leone over there, and the ones into she's uh, she's got the she's got the grease board all sparked up and ready to go. Oh, on the ones and twos, I'm in is Rashad. He's in the house. He's back. Uh, you all right? You feeling better? He's got that mask on. He looks like a gangbanger. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like uh, from um, that show, The Watchmen. There you go. I, I started watching that. That's pretty cool. He's better though. He no more flu, no more pneumonia. In the in the all, show, The Watchmen, the cops have to uh, wear masks to cover their identity. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah. All right. World. I promised I'd get Vic in. We'll talk about that in a little while. But uh, Vic, man, what's up? Welcome to. Uh, you what forgot do you think? to tell him what an EPD is, Mark. We'll tell him. We'll, we'll get to that. Give it a second. <laughs> Let me just introduce the guy. What's up, Vic Holyfield? How are you? Very well, thank you. How I, far did you come in from today to be with us? Uh, I live up in Orange County. It took me uh, about two hours to get down here. So you, you grew up in Queens, but then you moved to a... I heard you say that earlier. You grew up in Queens. What part of Queens? I uh, was born in Hollis, but we moved around quite a bit. You know, Jamaica. Oh, that yeah. area over there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Born yeah. in Hollis, huh? So you yeah. went to school at Run DMC? This might sound familiar oh, to you. Did you, you go ready? to Jackson? Listen, <laughs> since you grew up in Hollis, this might sound familiar to you. Ready? That's Sucker MCs, man. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that's how I used to get into apartments in the, in the projects. <laughs> that shit was feeding back, too. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that this table has that's a lot of reverb. Tell them don't that's why we always table. tell, we always keep the hands on, uh, we make that's sure right. nobody's banging the that's table. Right. But. So you're from Queens originally. Is that where you grew up? Yeah, yeah. I went to high school. Where'd you go to high school? Jamaica High School? No, right next door, Thomas Edison. Oh, okay. 
The, the, the people that left Jamaica High School, they used to go beat up the people from Thomas Edison. No, right? they didn't. Is that no? the guy, that's the guy who invented <laughs> you guys the tough? light bulb, right? Yeah. Uh, Thomas Edison at the time was a, it was an all-boys uh, school. Oh, yeah, uh, huh? Yeah, 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 so... It yeah, all boys schools, man. Those are those are like a thing of uh, the past because Malloy now, I think they have girls. Girls go to Malloy now, and I think girls also go to McClancy now. I was the uh, senior class president. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, graduating class of seventy five. Seventy five. Huh? It was not based on any academic achievement. I can assure you. <laughs> so you used to wear the, the what was they called the crayon shoes? No. Were those <laughs> the big the big the big soles? Hey, let me tell you something about the seventies. The seventies had great clothes, man. Yeah. No. They say the eighties was Believe it or not, though, you, you see what I look like now. I used to have a, a my hair parted down the middle, and you know, like uh, uh, John Lennon. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my God! Did you have those circle glasses too? No, I didn't have the glasses. Did you have the uh, the bell bottom pants? Yeah, you yeah, had sure. those, yeah, right? Big buckle, yeah, sure. And uh, there's polyester shirts too. Yeah, yeah, with the big collars, right? With the big pointy collars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the that neighborhood was a pretty diversified Jamaica Queens. There was yep. a lot. Of, there's still a Greek school over there. Yeah, you know the Greek school. I'm talking. I think it's uh, I think it might be another Saint Demetrius over there. But they have a basketball team over there. We used to go, kick their ass. Well, I remember they had the Dominican commercial. That's where all the girls went. Uh huh. And then, uh, well, I met my wife over at uh, what the hell high school did she go to? Snob Hill. Forest, <laughs> not Forest Hills. No, you know the one I'm talking about. Forest Hill, Christ the King. No, the one uh, Jamaica Estates. Oh, uh, it's not Forest Hills then, right? No. <laughs> It'll come to us. You guys yeah. in Queens yeah. don't know your school. St. Francis Prep? <laughs> no, no. In Jamaica, off, like off 188th Street. Snob Hill! That's, the, that's not the name of it, no, though. it's a Catholic, Catholic girl school. But, oh, I'm, I'm still not... St. Rita's? No, no. no. Are you going to tell us? Or you don't remember, it, either, I don't right? remember either? I don't remember either. I can't oh, remember okay. the play. I thought you were Catholics. holding it back. No, nah, but I met... So I just... You guys are traumatized. 42 boys, years I'm married to her. <laughs> How many? 42. Oh, God bless you. That's yeah, beautiful. It's wonderful. Oh, That's beautiful, huh? How many... <laughs> I was going to say, have you tried to escape? How many times have you tried to escape? <laughs> now, um, so so uh, what year did you come on the police department? January 82. Mary Lewis Academy. Oh, Mary so Lewis Academy. There you go. Academy. Yeah, you're right. Snob Hill. Yeah. You're Mary right. Mary Lewis Academy. Yeah. You're right. 1982, that was a 3,000 class, right? It was, January 82. We had wow. 3,000. That's a lot. I had 3,000 in my class, too. Did you? Yeah. I so, 82, why was the reason for such a big class in uh, 82? Well, it was the first class, uh, the first big class after uh, after the layoffs in the 70s. That's right. So, they built it up to, to that finally that 82 class. Yeah. You know, they finally had the money uh, to put uh, to put some, uh, some numbers through the academy. And... Uh, I remember uh, going through the academy. It, it was like a, uh, you know, you do a day tour, and then the next guy would be doing a four to twelve. So you you, you had like a, a hot locker. Yeah. You know, you you put your clothes in your locker, but you had to take it out because somebody else was going in there twenty minutes later. They go know? seven days a week. Five days a week. Five days. Yeah. That's the days. way we did it too. Yeah. Because they had to give the academy people their weekends yeah, off, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember waiting in line to, for the showers. Yeah, that's right. And like you know, it's some, you don't want to bring your towel in there to, to to like throw in the bunch. Either you lose it or it would get wet. You know, why? Yeah. What you know? So you just you left your towel in your locker. You just got in line. <laughs> standing there naked, waiting to go in the shower. You took your shower, and then uh, and then you. That's when I went to go get my towel. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah, gonna lose my towel. We did the exercises up on the roof. 
of the, right. uh, the police academy. We used to, to run around in the gym. Yeah, right. We used to run around in the gym, and I remember it was 27 laps. And, and just the, la- and the last thing you wanted to do was drop out. Oh, right? I never dropped out. Oh, I was in great shape. Not only that, but uh, we used to, uh, like, uh, we were 55, so we started the run. So after the first lap, I used to yell out all the time. He said, 26 more. <laughs> and the reason why I used to do that was because I wanted to do a mind fuck to all the yeah, run dropouts. You know there's somebody so else that this back way that dro- was, drop the fuck up. <laughs> fuck it, I had no respect for but them. But you know something, now. Back, then, back then, though, they could call the fat people sumos. Remember they used to say that? That's if they right. did that yeah, now, yeah. there'd be a lawsuit. Student on the medical observation. Yes. Yeah. 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 S-U-M-O. Sumos. Yeah. I always thought, like, if you're going to drop out, why not just drop out in the first lap, the yeah, second really? lap? And then you always see them in the middle because they couldn't just disappear. They have to stand in the middle and they'd always be grabbing their shins. Oh, yeah, they feined injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stretching out in the middle. They had a hamstring pull. They ate too much ham the night before. That's what it was, right? For those of you, like, if you could just imagine, uh, I don't know how many, five or six companies of 30 people running around a gym. It's basically a basketball gym. So how fast can you possibly go? Because otherwise you're running up the other the, the other company's ass. That's yeah, right. right. Yeah. So you're not running that fast. You can walk almost doing 27. So laps. dropping out was a real yeah, badge. Yeah, of you dishonor. had to try really hard to drop yeah, out, and people yeah. did. I yeah. remember though they uh, they taught us boxing. Yeah. That's and right. yeah, uh, there was a uh, a young girl uh, uh, that got hurt during a boxing uh, uh, training incident. They fired her ass. Boom! You're right. You're really? right. Yeah. She yeah. was uh, she's on probation. She got you know. She got hurt, fired. Oh. Yeah, they, were, they wouldn't. That's a that's lot of brutal. money they invested. Brutal. Today, they wouldn't get, do that today now. you'd get three quarters from the academy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> from the academy. I remember her name was Carr. Wow. Because uh-huh. it was just awful the way they treated her, you know? Her name was Carr, and she yeah. didn't go too far. No, she <laughs> did. <the> police academy. <laughs> she had a very short career. Short drive in that car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you graduated. What, what precinct did you go to at first? Two, four. Oh, you went to the 24th precinct? Well, yeah, we're there. That's yeah. in uh, the beginning of Harlem right there in, in 80, uh, New York 82, City. 82, So I got to, I got to the 2-4 in 83 yeah. after the academy, you know, in the NSU. And uh, I met two terrific cops by the name of uh, Al Torado and Bobby Pridgen, two old-time street cops. I mean, you know, they were in, I was lucky enough to have them in my squad, and uh, these guys were just terrific. They go out every night and they turn out and they collar, and it, they didn't care if it was uh, you know a robbery collar or a gambling collar. I right. seen them bringing guys you know for uh, for dice, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it got them in the system, that's all they were looking for, right. and they were just terrific uh, role models to uh, emulate. Oh, were these guys in the sector? Yeah, yeah, they, straight sector guys, sector cops. You know, they that did was that a time. nine squad shot back then. right? Yes, it was. Yeah, okay. It was nine squad shot. And uh, would you explain what that is to our audience? It's a, a shot. The best I, way I could describe it to you is uh, hell on earth. It uh, it consists of a day, a week of day tours, when you got to be uh, at work at seven o'clock in the morning, a week of uh, four to twelve, so when you got to be there at three o'clock in the afternoon, and then it goes back and forth, and then when you get just getting the rhythm right. They throw in a set of midnights. That's right. Completely. That was the hardest thing. It was the worthest thing in the world. Yeah. It didn't. It wasn't good for the police officers' health either, right? No, but I'll tell you, the 
cops were terrific. It, it was good for the camaraderie. It was right? terrific for the camaraderie. And why was that? You had a chance to work with everybody. You work. You work with guys, and you know, you, you forged relationships with these with these uh, with these people, and it, it it was wonderful. It really was. Unlike what you see today, guys are so isolated. And yeah. Well, a precinct now is three different tours. It's There's a day tour, four to twelve, and uh, midnight, and then no one knows each other. Right? Poor, poor, poor policy. Yeah, what can I say? Yeah, but that nine squad chart was killing people. My, because my, you could, you, you, you know, sleep is very important, especially in a high stress yeah. job, and when you don't get um, consistent sleep, uh, you know, it's bad for you. That's why the, you had a. The average guy who died after re uh, retiring three, four, five years. He, he, he dropped dead. I'll tell you, every co every young cop can uh, can relate to this. Every young cop with a family. <laughs> I remember my wife. After I'm doing, after I did a midnight, I'm at home. I'm sleeping in the middle of the day, and I hear my wife. Quiet! Your father's trying <laughs> to right. sleep. Uh -huh. That's right. Uh -huh. That's right. Uh -huh. I remember my son used to come and smack me in the face while I was sleeping. Go, Dad, get up! <laughs> I realized, and I just got home. You know, he's waking, trying to wake me up. And what are you going to do? I'm laughing at a four-year-old smacking me in the face trying to wake me up. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, they don't. Get, you know, and obviously they don't know. They don't know how how what the hours that you worked. So you're working in the uh, in the two four precinct. And you're working with these three, uh, these two great cops. Were uh, were, were you able to be like uh, riding with them for a little while, as like a third wheel? Or well, I'll tell you, how did you get so much? You just watching them for, do their business from uh, from another sector car? Yeah. Well, yes, that's that's essentially what it was. You know, you weren't going to break these two guys up. You know, they're partners. But uh, when you go on, you know, when you went on jobs with them and you watched them and you saw how they dealt with things, and occasionally you would even have the opportunity to to, to ride in a car with them, it was it was a wonderful learning experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, Al Torado was a uh, you know a former Marine over in uh, Vietnam, joined the NYPD uh, when he got back and, and, did, and did his twenty years in uniform and. Uh, he was always within the top uh, dozen guys in overtime throughout right. the city. Always. Hard-working guy. Well, you know, it's funny that sometimes back then the big bosses wouldn't look at that as a badge of honor, but a badge of dishonor. Oh, look at this guy making all this money. You know, like, yeah. come on, boss. Yeah. Well, they don't give you the money for free. you got to exactly. make a rest. Exactly. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. But, so obviously these guys became kind of sort of like your mentors or maybe somebody that you were aspiring to be as a cop. Sure. Right? Absolutely. We could say that, right? Yeah. Uh, no question about because it. Because it, did, it didn't take long before you started becoming a big collar guy, right? No, it didn't. And uh, they taught me how to do it. You know, the first thing they tell you is, you know, keep the bosses happy. Give them their numbers, whatever they need. You give, keep them happy, all right? And then the rest of the month is yours. Right, you, know, you, right. you do what you have to do. You know, you make your money. You know when you want to make your own. What kind time. of collars did you like to make? What was your like favorite? I honestly, I, I like making my collars draw at the end of the tour, <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't particularly. No, that's obvious. <laughs> you should have been a detective so you can make appointments for collars. Some, some cops have pet peeves, you know. A quarter they, they to four on a day tour. I, re I remember one time, uh, you know, you get in the car and you're looking. Yeah, I'm, I, I told the guy, yeah, I'm looking, and uh, he took me down to the. Uh, the subway down on the hundred street, down by uh, Central Park West, and uh, there's a guy selling the newspapers. And Christ, we must have chased him for three blocks. <laughs> what was he say, just selling newspapers? Yeah, well, he stole the papers, and now he's selling them. Oh, okay, all right. But the Daily News was an excellent complainant. Uh -huh. You know, so it was overtime. That's all it was. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course they're going to sign that affidavit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're making the collars, and what do you do next? You go to anti-crime? I'm working with a partner by the name of John Wall. He uh, eventually retired second grade up in the Bronx. And uh, so we're working in the year 2-4, and uh, we're making our collars. We're, we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing. And uh, a sergeant by the name of Jerry Gorman, uh, who was upstairs in the uh, Bron- in the uh, borough, order larceny unit, comes down. He says, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a couple of young guys active. So, you know, John and I went upstairs, and we, you know, we joined the... Uh, I think it was only three or four uh, other people up there. It was a five-man team. Right, auto larceny? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good thing, auto larceny. Matt, you learn Matt, a lot. Yeah. You learn a lot, man. I mean, they, 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 they put a computer in the car, and it's a, it was essentially, a, you know, a cash register. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really was. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you pull cars over, you run their VIN. If it doesn't match, that's the collar. You didn't even have to do that. You just run the pu- punch the plates in. I yeah. mean, John and I would sit at the intersections and went, all right, that one's stolen. Uh, it's unbelievable, right? It was great. But how many cars back then were stolen? There was, oh, it was an oh, epidemic, it was, right? Yeah. Was I mean, epidemic. you're talking about 100,000 grand lost these at the time. What did you say? They put a cash register in the car? Yeah. That was the computer. You know what's amazing? How insurance companies will say, you're going to pay for that. You pay for car theft. Did your insurance go down after we dropped car theft no. to lo- almost nothing? No. It never went no. down, right? No. no that's true. Now they tell you, oh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give you $500. Yeah, baloney. Yeah. So uh, I would imagine that you're uh, you're accumulating a couple of uh, EPDs along the way, right? <laughs> Tell us what EPDs are. Uh, it's a, a departmental recognition. Uh, it stands for uh, excellent police duty. It's it's a it's a like the basic ribbon that you get, right? Yes. The basic medal that you get. You like if you had a starter's kit in medals, <laughs> your first one that you'd get in the starter kit would be. An EPD. And you're not allowed to wear a rack of EPDs. No. Well, some people do. Yeah. We talked well. about that in another episode. <laughs> you pile them up, right? That guy's got an EPD rack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's a, it's a ribbon, a medal that you get because you, uh, you made a couple of pretty good collars. Right. Or, or a good collar. And then you keep accumulating them. You're supposed to put a number on it, like five EPDs, and it goes up to ten. And if you're lucky... You get up to, like, what was it, 50 you said? Then you get the medal of out, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> We're working but, our way But there. you know what the other thing is, is if, you're, if you want to take promotional exams, you know, they count as points. Oh, so good, good. Yeah, yeah, promotional yeah. I, never, yeah. I never took the sergeant's yeah, exam. Exactly. I, I never wanted to. I'm not, I'm not a, I never thought of myself as a leader. I'm not even a good follower. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what did you say? You got into anti-crime after that? We did two, the, oh, uh, no, you went to auto loss. Yeah, it? the auto loss. It, it was, uh, but you, you got know, to work the whole borough, right? Worked the whole borough. Oh, man. oh that's cool, man. That's the best. And so the, the auto larceny for the borough ran out, came out of the 2-4. Yes, it did. Good, and good, good. Uh, good for you. It was, it was, nice was it a path to the shield? No, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, it was a path to overtime. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, all it was. It was a path. How over. long did you stay there? We were the, I was there uh, for about three years. I was a cop in uh, Vermont. Before I came on the NYPD. Oh, really? Yeah. Was, so Bernie, was Bernie like Sanders your partner? <laughs> he was a mayor. <laughs> was he really? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Oh, wow, that's interesting. But I remember the first time I qualified. You know, I come from Queens. I never had a gun. So the first time I qualified, the corporal qualified me with his pencil. <laughs> you missed a couple of holes here. <laughs> uh-huh. But how did you get, why did you go to Vermont to become a cop? The city was in Ireland at the time. Okay, so you just really wanted to be a cop. I did. You didn't did. move to Vermont. Then you actually had to move to move on uh, Vermont after that, right? <laughs> no, he was yeah, going to take well, the train every day. No, because I'm saying that's a pain in the ass. That's a long commute. Yeah, it's a big commute. <laughs> what? 
It is. He took snowshoes <laughs> to Vermont up the Northway. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I uh, had been recently been married, and we uh, our first two kids were born up there, so yeah. it was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vermont's beautiful, right? It is. It's very nice. Plus, but you get that, all that ma- maple syrup and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is that that's oh, where no, it's from? New Hampshire's live free or die. What's that's Vermont's right. uh, motto? It's a Green Mountain state. That's Green all I know. Sanctuary, state. gun sanctuary cities. That's yeah. what they got there. 50 very liberal up there. Very, uh, well, now they got 50 uh, gun sanctuary cities up there. And they're talking about calling in. You can't. What are you going to. You're going to call in the National Guard against the sheriffs? I was a. Uh, I was a cop in Burlington, Vermont. And I was uh, charged with uh, simple assault one night. Uh, while you were working? Yeah. For yeah, what? Yeah. I, uh, a couple of days earlier, I had responded to a job. Uh, a guy threatened to uh, burn his mother's house down. So uh, we knew the. I knew the kid. He was a local kid, local punk. And a couple of nights later, I see him. He's walking down uh, the church, uh, a church or Main Street. So I get out of the car. It was snowing. It was about midnight. And I walk up to him and I said, "Hey, listen, I want to talk to you." And he just clears his throat and just spits right in my face. Oh my god. I knocked this guy down, and uh, I put him in cuffs. And I, don't, I didn't realize it, but there was a, uh, two Burlington police officers in a car parked in a parking lot across the street. So they come running over. And, uh, you, know, you, put, you know, put the guy in cuffs. Next thing I know, one of the cops makes a complaint against me, claiming oh that God. I used excessive force. So then the cop sitting in the car next to him says, absolutely not. <laughs> We're know? talking about 1980 now. 1981. Wow. So, wow, you're talking, because that seems like something that would happen now in, like, um, what was the town we were talking about? Uh, Portland. You know, that oh, sounds yeah. like oh, a Portland yeah. thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. But now you're saying this is 1980, so they, you're talking about they were out there way in the left back then. Well, honestly, this, this was just... Well, this thing. guy was. This, yeah. His name is Noise. Mark Noise. Mark Noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the cop sitting next to him told me, I know what it's son of a bitch hunts. I'll get him. You should have you used excessive force on him. Well, that's what happened. I, uh, was his locker in the shower? Wound up in the shower? You, you, you no? should have went first blood on him. Well, he, right. he resigned. Called Rambo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went Take him up in the woods. They took me to trial. It was, it was called simple assault. They took me to a, a, it was a two-day uh, jury trial. And, uh, what were you thinking? And the ju- How old were you? I was 23, 24. I had two young kids at home. Oh, wow. What were you thinking? I was thinking that... <laughs> you were scared? Yeah, I was scared. You thought and, you were going to lose uh, your job? Yes, I did. I thought they were going to fire me, and uh, the guy got up there. Especially since maybe they didn't like you because you were from New York. You ever think about that? Sure, sure. You notice my accent? <laughs> yeah, especially up there. You know what I'm saying? And here but you are, this New York City guy, tossing people all over the ground for what? I mean, maybe he didn't know that the guy spit on you, but um, well, the he's guy, obviously he's a dick. I'm just trying to be uh, the, the devil's advocate here. The guy got up in front of the jury, and he said, I got what I deserve. Wow. Wow. That's great. So That's they a found, great story. Yeah, they found me not guilty. Was that? Did he say why so he did it? it? So the, the, the DA who uh, prosecuted the, the, uh, the case, resigned because he didn't want to prosecute it in the first place. In the, first place. the, the, the county uh, state's attorney uh, at the time wanted to run for governor. 
Oh, so it was politics. It's all the way. It was all politics. Good, but this guy, and, this and cop it, that made the allegation, what happened to him after this? He resigned. Good for him. The cop resigned. He resigned. He should resign because yeah. I was I was I was acquitted of of, of a, a very serious allegation. Mm-hmm. I didn't. It's not like I beat this guy. I mean, I knocked him down. I put him in handcuffs. I didn't hurt. You know. Yeah, but you know something, Vic? It's unfortunate. It's come mm-hmm. full circle now. Like we spoke about that case. I don't know if you saw it where the cop. Punched the kid on the subway station. Yeah, but it right. was after he would already been assaulted. He got uh, modified. Unbelievable. It's ridiculous. I mean, what and, do they yeah, want? But we're cops talking about do? 1980. It seems like all this stuff. I get maybe I have a short memory, but it seems like all this stuff is new feelings. But it's not. It's been around forever. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. This anti-cop sentiment has been around forever. Well, that was Bernie Sanders was the mayor. What right. do you expect? That's right. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. Yeah, listen, America, if you're going to vote for Bernie Sanders, I'm sure he hasn't gotten any better. If anything, he's gotten worse. <laughs> he's no friend of the police. So if you're thinking sure. about, really, seriously, if you're, if you're contemplating voting for him, just listen to this tiny, small case when he was a mayor years ago. Almost 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as a, as a result, this, the, uh, the county uh, state's attorney... Uh, political career was ended the prosecutor uh, resigned his office the, did this uh, story make the paper and stuff up oh there? yeah yeah it was all over the papers yeah it was all up there so after this uh, after this thing gets resolved you get put back on patrol i did yeah and how much longer did you stay there I, just, like at this well, point right now had you taken the nypd test and were just waiting to go yes. hey you know what fuck you yeah, I yeah I I was waiting for uh, an appointment to the police to, to the uh, NYPD, but also pending the outcome of this. If this would have went bad, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. Department. That's right. And I, You're like right I about said, that. Your law enforcement career is over at that Correct. point. Correct. He's going to be working at Walmart security. No. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like Home I said, people. I came down here to the city and uh, so wait. But you got real it. cops. You went back to patrol, and then how long before you came? Uh, NYPD called. Six months. All right, so that's cool. I was in the January class, yeah, of '82. Uh, so your kids were born in Vermont. You had a nice time there. I'm sure you, you sure you uh, enjoyed Vermont, but you were happy to come back home, right? Yes, yeah. I had to make some money. Where'd you move when you came back here? Queens. Right you you Queens. went back to Queens? Sure. To Jamaica like, again? Well, uh, Queens Village. It's like a salmon. You can just go back to where you that's were right. born. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you go back where you know. Where you're comfortable. So, okay, so we're, we're, we're caught up now. Now you're back. Now you're on the NYPD. You get, you get, you get past your first shooting. Right. Um, and then how long before your second shooting? <laughs> this is you know what man this is like uh you were from what i heard this you were is your a real, life from what i heard you were real you know like you got involved in a lot of shit out there man yeah i was i was one of those guys that you know when and i was working i was like oh shit something's gonna happen tonight you, know? uh-huh. you could just feel it yeah, yeah right maybe the next thing wasn't a shooting but what was the next thing that kind of that you made the paper with again well i, I think uh well uh or just, or just you caused the ruckus. I went to uh, the three O. I made sergeant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty interesting. What, folks. You, what year did you make sergeant? I made sergeant eighty seven. Eighty seven. And you went to uh, the thirtieth precinct. I what what area does the thirtieth precinct cover? Three O covers the uh, the upper uh, west side from one three three to one five five, Bradhurst all the way over to the river. Right. And, and during those years, like it's small, but it's one of the most violent precincts in the city. It was uh, 0.61 square miles, just over half a square mile. We had 90,000 residents. And the place people. was just packed. Yeah, it's just a lot of, there's no private houses. No, there. none at all. It's, it's all, all apartment buildings. Everything. 
Everything's upset. You got 3333 Broadway yeah, that one, in there, right? That place was like that place. That, that's got village. Ten thousand people in that in that building alone. Yeah, I yeah. was in that place every week with a lost, with a lost children. <laughs> with a lost child. With a lost child. 3333 Broadway. How can I? How can we explain it? Basically, how many buildings is it? Because it's an A, B, C, D, E, F building. So at least like five buildings all together. Yeah. They're all kind of sort of like in a circle. Massive right? complex. And yeah. they're all like 35 floors, right? Or something yep. like that, yep. 33 floors. And um, all working class people. They're, every, you know, it's, uh, working people going back and forth. Yeah, to work. It's a massive, it's a massive uh, structure there, though. You could, if somebody tells you, I live in 3333 Broadway, you know, and you have a, a warrant for them. <laughs> so you go over to the building there, and you're looking at, wait a minute. They're all, oh, I need to know. A, B, or C building, <laughs> yeah. and then I need to know the floor and the apartment number. So then you would head over to their office, the management office, <laughs> and yeah, they're going to give you the right. Uh, they're going to oh, give you, you all the right all information. All these buildings had the security nah. was on the side of the people that lived there. Yeah, too. you're not you getting anything unless it was somebody that was a pain in the ass and they oh, yeah. wanted to get rid of, yeah. or that yeah. that was uh, a, like I said, a pain in the ass. But, but most of the time, you weren't getting uh, information out no, of them. Not right. at all. No, not at all. So that was one of the huge structures in there. Ten thousand people living in there. So you go up to the thirtieth uh, precinct, and uh, how's it go, how, how was your time there? <laughs> I had a uh, here it comes. <laughs> I had an interesting time up there. I uh, I, uh, I served as uh, you know the the patrol supervisor. Then uh, uh, Martin, uh, the, the boss at the time, told me I was going to be a CPOP sergeant. I told him, well, I'd really like to be an anti crime sergeant. Yeah, well, that's tough. You're going to be the CPOP sergeant. <laughs> and and uh, CPOP, that's community policing. Yeah, right. right. It's in uniform. It's a nice chart. You, you, know, you, nice, work. you used to get the book, right? It was like yeah, a big yeah, book. They, you had to fill out which store you went into and talk to them about it. Well, the, you, what's your condition the here? The crap yeah, is yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah how we can correct, uh, correct this condition. What it basically was was a great opportunity to meet all the deli owners, all the <laughs> restaurant owners, find out who owned the and bars. get 28 chart days besides 27 exactly vacations. 28 chart days plus every time you go in there and you sit that you, before you know it, you're sitting in the back. You just walk right through the back past all the Joker Poker machines. Hey, fellas, how's it going? When they Somebody first brings you a hot meal. When they first started C-Pop, they let the cops make their own tours. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you yeah. as the disc golf so was like, they're you coming no in idea. at all different. You're like, no what idea. the fuck is uh -huh. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell biggest you. scam ever. Yeah, it was so a scam. We had a guy, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Richie Lagarda. He was one of my cops in C-Pop. And I'm on the desk one day, and uh, a guy comes in, and this is before cell phones. He says, listen, I want to make a civilian complaint. Cop gave me a, a, a parking ticket. So I said, all right, here, fill it out. What's the officer's name? So he tells me, Richie Lagarda. So I have Richie 10-1. I said, Richie, what's the story over here? This guy, he's, he's filing a complaint against you. He said, yeah, the guy's got one of those uh, temporary uh, Pennsylvania tags on his car. You know, the... Uh, the bogus yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fake license plates. They, that was epidemic, too. Yeah, that, yeah they were all over the place. Yeah. So I said, all right, listen. Mystery this, mobiles. This yeah. is what you're going to do. Rip up that thing, call the aggressive toe, put it on the hook, take it up to the Bronx and crush it. <laughs> 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 so that's what he did. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> that's what he did. The guy was inside the 3-0 filling out a civilian complaint because I, you know, I can't help that. 
but I crushed that motherfucker's car. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, I did. Wait, so wait. now a week later, we're at the CEO's meeting, and Martin brings it up. We had an incident last week where a, a civilian complaints car was uh, crushed. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe it. God's honest truth. Why can't well, we do that well, anymore? Yeah, in all, right? In all fairness, the, the, the fucking thing... Shouldn't probably, have been on the street. No, it had no no license plates on it, no registration, right. no insurance. And now you're going to come in. He probably wasn't a uh, uh, licensed operator either. And now you're going to come in and complain about, right, about one of my cops? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think but so. But you know, some, almost every single livery cab back then had one of those paper plates. Sure. Sure. Well, it was a, a drive around for free for uh, three, four months. Well, then well, you go and get another one. No, had no insurance. That's what that meant too. That's yeah, right. but you were also go get a, another plate if you knew somebody after those uh, when that one came to an end. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so you were never paying for right. insurance or registering the car at all. Right. So you get in an accident. Who pays? Yeah, you're not getting yeah, nothing right. out of this. That's what's going to happen now as they start giving illegal aliens licenses. Think so, they're going to uh, have insurance. <laughs> That's great, man. So you're in the 3-0 and you crush your cars. Yeah, and then eventually, you know, I got to, uh, uh, Martin left, and uh, we got another guy by the name of Pete Pacino. Very nice man. And the first thing he does is he makes me the anti-crime sergeant. Right. And it was terrific. He was in the 2-6. He was really a, a real gentleman. Nice man. Really nice real guy. Nice man. He died early of he cancer, did. too. He did. Yeah. Good guy. Terrific guy. But uh, he made me anti-crime sergeant, and uh, I just had a wonderful time. I worked with... I was fortunate enough to work with some real uh, talented guys, uh, guys like Zoltan Karpati. Yeah, he was in my rip in the two four. Terrific yeah, guy. He's, he's I mean, very good. Yeah, did he, did he ever tell you a story about the time he uh, he, he, hit, he hit uh, he was Vin, always Vinny shooting. Coogan? He was always shooting people. Though, he's too. got seven. <laughs> but Vinny, uh, Zoltan wasn't shy in pulling that trigger. <laughs> Zoli worked uh, in Snoo with uh, with uh, Chief Coogan. Yeah, and. Uh, wrestling with a guy one day and all of a sudden <laughs> Zoli hits Coogan in the head with the with the cow light oh, <laughs> God. Wow. Mistake, just about knocked him out <laughs> to this day Coogan says that son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> must have helped him he made chief yeah he did yeah Vinny's a great guy so while you're there at the um in the 3-0 as the anti-crime sergeant um some shit was popping off, right? Some 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 stuff was uh, going on. There was an investigation going on over there, wasn't there? The you know, Fed stepped in. Let me put things in perspective. At the time, the three O was flooded with cocaine. It was flooded. It was flush with cash, and there were guns all over the place, and the place was almost out of control. And uh, it's tough, son. You know, listen. Six miles square area, and you're saying it's no, I'm point six, point point six, six miles. Oh, no, point six. It's point like six. just a half a square mile. Yeah, and yeah, it and it's like the drug cap. Like one forty seventh Street at the time was an open air drug market. There, you could sell kilos in the street, right? We were grab, we were grabbing guys with kilos. It wasn't uncommon to grab a guy with a kilo. Yeah, they would like out, uh, and they had lookouts. Or didn't they have Absolutely. lookouts on the, on the roof Very as well? Very sophisticated communication systems, surveillance systems. And with that, Vic also came an epidemic of what we know as home invasions. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was very. The three zero and the three four. I'll tell you, we had a, we, we had We're a talking about 1984, 95, 84, 85 here, right? Yeah. And uh, the Dominican uh, gangs were uh, were very active up there. Uh, remember the Wild Cowboys? Yeah, yeah. Remember a guy by the name of uh, Frankie Cuevas? Yes. Frankie Cuevas? I remember the name, yeah. Well, I locked Fra we locked Frankie Cuevas up at least twice. One time in the 3-0, we 
We stopped him on Broadway. With a, I took a tech, a tech Nine off the guy. Why is Frankie Cuevas such a uh, uh, that name sounds familiar to me? But he was wasn't he right? He at was the part core? of the old, the, uh, the Wild Cowboys up in the three four. He had spots in the Manhattan North and the Bronx in the four three. But they also got famous because they killed some innocent guy yeah, on the yeah. West Side Highway too. So right? like I said, yeah, they did. They killed an innocent person up in the. Uh, is that yeah. why the name? Um, Became f- famous in New York? Well, they were prosecuted by in New York? Leslie Crocker Schneider, who was a famous prosecutor. For that incident on the highway killing somebody? Well, the whole the whole thing, uh, uh, like a RICO thing almost, right? Yeah. So, so how, did, how did the how did this whole how did the, the feds get start? Why did the feds start investigating? Obviously, there's drugs. Like you mentioned, there's cash there. Um, you know, everything's going on in America. But how did the feds get involved in there? Well, I can only tell you from my own perspective, my own limited perspective. You know, it's not like the feds were talking to me about anything. But uh, like I said, I, I, I had some strict rules for my guys in, in, uh, in the anti-crime team. It was only five of us. And rule number one, you don't go in these buildings. There's no reason for you to go in these buildings unless, number one, you get a pickup on the street, in which case you're on the radio and I'm responding. That's it. There's no other reason for you to be in these buildings. So I'm on patrol one day, and one of my anti-crime cars is parked at the side of the street, you know, on on the corner. I I know where they are. They're inside this building. I walk inside. Two of my cops, Barry Brown, George Nova, they're tossing this apartment, and I'm pissed. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? I know what they're doing there. They're looking for they're looking for, they're looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get out. The I reason why you don't want anybody in the buildings is because of this particular this is situation, right? I don't want cor- yeah. We don't want any allegations of corruption. We don't want any percep- any any perception of corruption, any hint of it. And so I tell them, meet me down at one four five in Riverside. We're going to talk. So a couple of minutes later. I meet him down there. You know the entrance to the park there on the riverside at yeah. 145? Yep. Mm-hmm. We're sitting right there. And uh, they get the call at me. And I went off on these two guys. I, you motherfucker. What the fuck are you doing? I don't, ever, I don't ever want to see that again. It's not right. If you can't make a collar on the street up here in the 3-0, you got to find some place else to go. I didn't realize it. Barry Brown was wired. Wow. Mm. He was recording this whole thing. And Nova was one of the dirtiest motherfuckers out of Absolute, the whole dirty 30, Absolutely. Right? He was stealing drugs, selling it back. It was fucking terrible. You couldn't trust anybody. Well, Bill brought up one thing, and um, I, I was leading to it, but since uh, you let, since you brought it up already, the, the, the corruption, the police corruption, and to that fan out there that's listening to our show and talks to us, uh, send me an email, how come you guys don't ever talk about police co- uh, corruption? Hello? Yeah, see, we're doing it. And not only are we doing it, we're talking about a major case here right now. This case was called the Dirty 30, wasn't it? And I'm going to tell you something. You want to talk about police corruption? It's not tolerated by the vast majority of the cops out here, all right? And that's the truth. I can tell you that for, for, from square one. When you see something like that, you... you, you oh, it's sickening. It's so it you is. caught these two guys in the apartment. You had to talk with them over there by the uh, 145 in Riverside. And you're, you said that... Um, the one officer was mic'd, right? He yes. he was he was uh, recording everything. Yeah. And at the time, um, was he mic'd because 
he had already why why did he why was he recording he already got picked up by the feds how did they they he, get him to wear a wire he was a uh, he was an iab uh plant plant he, so he was, was put IAB there so he before was, the feds came in, then maybe the department knew what was going on up they, there and started putting IAB guys in the precinct? They knew all about it. But every precinct has an IAB guy, right? Uh, basically. He's supposed to be a field associate, but in the 3-0 it was unique because the Manhattan DA's office and the feds had a case, and they were both like competing with each other, and they refused to take their undercovers out, and it caused some suicides, right? And it caused some real bad things to happen in the 3-0, right? Sure. We had a police so you officer had to shoot another police officer right in front of the dash. No, we're jumping the gun here. Let's yeah, right. step by step. I'd rather do it. Um, so you had these. You had this conversation now in the car with your two officers there. Well, there's four of us. My partner and I, uh -huh. and then I brought these other two cops in, and I just let loose on these guys, and, you know, and I the, got my point across. And this speech was recorded. I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, it was recorded. Mm -hmm. Barry Brown recorded it. When did you find out? Sometime later, sometime a long time later, uh -huh. and I'll, I'll, I can I'll, I can only tell you again from my own perspective. From the three O, I was invited to come to the street crime unit, mm -hmm. okay, and I went to the street crime unit with people like Tommy Galati, mm -hmm. Paulie D'Antremont. I mean, real real street cops, you know, mm -hmm. and to be included among people like that, I felt. But that's the a good look, though. You know, that's a good look. I mean, you're not sitting in the car telling these guys, yo, give me my half. If you're going to go up there, I told you don't go up there, but if you're going to go up there, I want my half. No, you told them. That's a good look, though, right? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, you probably would, like, admired for that. Well, right? I mean, <laughs> obviously there's procedural things done that are wrong there. But you, the reality is it shows you you're not corrupt. You don't want these guys doing anything like that. Yeah, but one of the problems with that is, too, is that when there is a case like that, you can get ensnared in it by just doing regular police work sure. that may be out, outside the realm of you. Maybe you slap somebody or something, and you, you know they could see that or get that recorded, or someone rats you out. Mm -hmm. I'm caught in that. I was told that uh, you remember when we used to go on the when we used to take meal. We used to have to go over division radio and announce three O sergeant. We're going sixty three at the house. Mm -hmm. We're going to take meal at the station house. Mm -hmm. Now every other cop in the precinct knows. Well, I know what a sergeant is now for the next mm -hmm. hour. And they would go out, and they would do their stuff, do their hits mm -hmm. in that hour. When you uh, meal him. Yeah. yeah, that makes and sense. So now they change it all around now. Apparently, Everybody's got to take meal together? No, this, I think now the sergeant's got to call landline. And, and that's and not go over the air. Yeah, they don't go over the air anymore. That's interesting. So what else? Come on. So um, so this is, this is one incident right now. I had, uh, I'll tell you, we... Uh, we had some terrific times up in 3 -0. We had some we had some some terrible times too. Uh, we had a uh, we interrupted a uh, a burglary one night. We had uh, it was two t we had I had two teams out me and my partner and uh, the uh, another team with two cops and they had collared earlier in the tour. Uh, they had made a gun collar. So the cop, the arresting officer, went home uh, early to go to court the next day, and I took his partner in the car with me. So now we're riding around with, th with three guys in the car. It's about 1, one o'clock in the morning, and we see a guy on the second story of a store, and the plate glass window is completely blown out. And he walks through the plate glass window. So I put it over the radio, I said, you know, we got a 31 in progress, request, uh, you know, additional units. 
we set up a perimeter, and my two cops go upstairs, and the one cop is standing on the, uh, uh, what's the, the, uh, the umbrella that comes off the, uh, the storefront? The awning. The awning. The awning. Yeah. He's standing on top of that awning, and he motions down to me. He's got four, he's got four perps inside. So I put it over there. You know, we got four perps inside. Of course, DSU. Bang, 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 bang. All of a sudden, shots start, start ringing. I put a 13 over there. And I, I got my ass up on that second story. And I jumped out onto the, uh, onto the awning. And I saw Zoli laying down inside the store. And I said, Zoli, all right? He says, he says, Sarge, don't come in here. Every time I stick my head up, this motherfucker takes a shot at me. Oops. And with that, bang, a, a, uh, a bullet strikes the uh, plate glass window right next to me. So I jump in, and I'm next to him. I see a guy. I unload six rounds into him. I run up to him. He's hit. And now I tell, now I got this other guy, check, he, he's in the room with us now. I said, we run to the back of the, the store. I make sure it's secure. I tell these guys, all right, stick together. So we find two more guys in a, in a, uh, in a room, and uh, they had guns. And as the cops are cuffing, cuffing those two guys up, I see a door down the hallway close. So I walk down the hallway, I open the door up, and there's a guy with a, a three fifty seven pointed right at me. So I slammed the door shut, and I let two rounds go. Bang, bang. A couple of seconds later, the guy comes out. He said, it's okay, Poppy, it's okay. The guy had a hole in him, honest to God. It was the size of a, a coffee cup. And he collapsed, dead. And you said, it's not okay, Poppy. <laughs> no, it's no, not okay at no. all. No, That look, was my best shooting so far, Poppy. <laughs> you right. right. dead middle sent the mask, brother. Guess what? It's, nothing's okay. That's, it's all, how, it's that's not okay. how they teach me at the range. <laughs> it's all bad right now, buddy. <laughs> he knew it. You know, I, I remember screaming, police, police, police. Uh-huh. But it's okay. anyway. He wanted just to you know, no hard feelings. <laughs> no, yeah, nothing personal. Nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad it worked out the way it did, you know. But again, the same thing. Louis Torellis, a, a detective in the uh, 3 0 squad. Look what happened. These are friends of mine. So I tell him, this, Louis, this is what happened. So Louis tells me, he said, Vic, I don't think you hit him. I said, what are you talking about? It's the hole in this guy's chest. It looked like it came from that rifle that they had because they had a carbine rifle. Yeah. And uh, there were over 50 shots fired. And uh, he's, Louis says, I think one of his own guys shot me. Louis, I was two feet from this guy. What happened is the bullet hit, went through the door. It tumbled. And when it tumbled, it went in sideways. Okay. It took off. One round took off his thumb, and uh, they both lodged in his uh, chest. That's fucking badass, bro. Yeah. That is badass. Did he have, like, a thumb indentation <laughs> in his chest? <laughs> <laughs> so now... I race out to the front, the front window, and I'm yelling for help. I, I need help! And I look down. You guys remember Louis Mineta? Yeah. That sounds familiar. Captain Mineta. What, yeah. Captain Mineta, one of the best captains on the job. He's sitting, he's standing on the, on the, uh, on the, on the uh, sidewalk with his hat on. He looks like a bulldog. <laughs> he looks up, he says, Vic, everyone all right? I say, yeah. He says, calm down. 
That's all he wanted to know. Uh -huh. Any cops hurt? No. All right, calm mm -hmm. down. And, uh, yeah, it worked out great. It worked out good. We were able to go home that night. Wow. wow. <laughs> Some story. That's fair. What that's kind of store was that? The, it was a furniture store. What were they doing in there? It was, you know what had happened? The, uh, the place had been burglarized a couple of nights earlier. And these owners decided, well, we're not going to call the police. We're going to take care of things ourselves. So they left the window wide open. They put three guys inside the store with guns. And when the guy walked in, when a burglar walked in, they grabbed him. Right. So we saw the guy go in. And then when my partner, Zoltan, walked up and screamed police, they started shooting at him. So it was unfortunate. Uh, yeah, that's... But wow! So they were setting up. They were looking to catch the burglars and teaching them a lesson, huh? Yeah. Little, yeah, I always thought about doing that. Street justice. justice. Street yeah, justice. Street right. justice. Wow, that's this isn't a <laughs> this isn't an incredible. Uh, that's what we do, man. We bring the superstars in here. So then Monterosso said, "Listen, we want you to come to Street Crime." <laughs> <laughs> that was the reward. You got two right more there. shootings in you. <laughs> 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 you're, you're just the guy we're looking for. <laughs> Where are we with time right now? How are we doing? Okay. Um, I, I wanted to mention with the time because we got way more, more, more stories to get to with our guest uh, Vic Holyfield here. But before we do, I just wanted to do a couple of things. Um, we're going to put up uh, – this week was a bad week all the way around. Um, my buddy Chris Cotton died, and Chris Cotton was a very funny comedian. I believe he was from Philadelphia. He came here to New York City. He was doing his thing, and um, – and he passed away, and I just wanted to say uh, to his family that what it's, a, it's a loss to, obviously, his uh, family, but also the comedy community, too, as well. And uh, may you rest in peace, Chris. Also, um, my buddy Angelo Lozada, he's like my, uh, my other friend, uh, Mark Vieira, said, uh, the best person I know. Tremendous comedian. He, he's, uh, he's the opener. He warms up the crowd for the, uh, the Daily Show on Comedy Central. Just an amazing human being. Uh, I love the guy, and he's going through stage four cancer right now. And uh, he could use your help. Um, he's helped a lot of people. Uh, he has a GoFundMe. We'll be adding the um, the link to it uh, to the podcast. And um, also, Michael Vinitsky, he's a police officer uh, that in, I think it was 2004, he was guarding a prisoner, and that prisoner broke free and uh, hit him over the head several times. And uh, wound up causing some brain damage in there, which led to ALS. And he was brought, uh, he was only coming out of his house like three times a year to go visit his doctor in Manhattan, and then now he's in the hospital. And we're going to have the information. Also, um, you'll be able to see it on the podcast. Uh, we're going to add that to the link. We're going to add that link there to go visit him. If you're a member of the service and and, and uh, could do that, um, a lot of members of the services and uh, are now going to to visit him. And last but not least, uh, rest in peace to Detective uh, Seals from uh, Jersey New Jersey City. Jersey City PD. He lost his life. He was meeting what I read was a confidential informant inside a cemetery that turned out to be two really bad guys. Um, or was it a, a guy, guy and a girl? Yeah. yeah. But it also they found the phone number in a pocket now for the third. Uh, suspect so it could have been he could have bumped into the two guys and they split up but anyway this police officer lost his life there and then those animals those those killers went on to kill they went to a, a jewish supermarket and 
killed at least three people there. So um, to that Detective Seals, may he rest in peace as well. And um, last but not least, rest in peace to a great actor and a great person and a lover of police officers. The guy loved cops, uh, Danny Aiello. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, my condolences to his family. They were very, very good to me. When I was a young actor still in acting school, I went for an audition. Danny cast me to play a boxer with a glass jaw <laughs> on this TV show <laughs> called Della Ventura. A real New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the whole thing was, it was such a police moment because I was working in, in um, precinct warrants at the time, and I was going to take lost time, leave work early, to go for this callback audition. And I told my boss if I could have asked him if I could have lost time, and he said, "Where are you going?" So he says, "No, we got to take care of something in the city anyway. We'll drive you to the audition." So I went up for my call back, and I went upstairs, and I did my little uh, shadow boxing because they had seen me act already. Want to see if I could really box? And uh, I threw my my punches, and then they were like, "You got the part," and I couldn't believe it because it was like it was a co-starring ro uh, role in a primetime series out the gate, six wow. scenes, you know. You can see it's on YouTube, uh, me and Danny Aiello. And then I went, had to go out to the van, and I, you know, but I went out to the van, and I had my, I was sulking, my head was down. I was like, they were like, "What happened, man? Did you get it?" And I'm like, "Nah, man." They were like, "Oh, don't worry, brother. You know, all the guys I worked <laughs> with, man, don't worry. Like picking me up, you'll get him next time. We'll, we'll, we'll get him next time." And I was like, "Nah, I got it." They're like, "Oh," and then we all started partying, and it was a great moment. And I was happy that, I, you know, the two worlds collided there. The, uh, the acting world and, uh, and the police department. And that's the reason why we do the show, basically, is to uplift the members of the service, let them know that there's, there's life after the police department. Hold your head up. Do the best job that you can do. And uh, we're going to come back for the second hour. Mark, let me just say something. I was just telling Vic, you know, he, was, uh, he asked me, why did you uh, pick me to be on this show? And I said, well, basically because I only know cops in Manhattan North. <laughs> but I said, also, you had a great police career. And it would be uh -huh. a shame... If some of these stories die with you someday. This is the Hall you know? of Fame, folks. If yeah. you're not aware of it, what we're doing right now is we're bringing to you uh, the, uh, the, a member of the service, NYPD Hall of Fame. And we're going to be expanding. We're going to visit other police departments all around the country, interviewing their phenomenal retired officers. Um, we've, got a, we've had ADAs on the show here. Um, we have somebody coming in there, and they're going to break down body cameras for us. This is not only is it funny, but it's also informative and it's interesting. But this is the Hall of Fame, man. You you get on this show, you did some phenomenal police work. And it's an honor to have Vic here today. Um, and we're going to cover some more. We're just scratching the surface, uh, surface with Vic here. We're going to hear some more crazy stories, some more war stories. And could you imagine we were drinking? <laughs> how good these stories would be oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well the only reason why we're getting them out and that we're, <laughs> we're not incriminating uh, ourselves is because we're sober <laughs> somehow we know no way to draw the line that's right yes that's right. yes definitely all right so tune in for part two with Vic holyfield we'll be back folks